Hello and welcome to the Content Club podcast. This is a podcast all about how you can create consistent content without burning out for your small business. And today we have a remarkable guest joining us and I'm excited to deep dive into her journey. In this episode, we have the privilege of sitting down with my friend Jazz Marfo, a talented entrepreneur who has successfully managed a small business whilst overcoming some mental health challenges. Jazz has graciously agreed to share her experiences, shedding light on the realities of running a business whilst dealing with anxiety, depression and panic attacks. So let's get into the show. Hi. (laughs) Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the Content Club podcast. You had me on your podcast ages ago and I'm excited to return the favour. So Jazz, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, So my name's Jazz Marfo. I'm a coach for ambitious careers and communities. I am a multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate babe. And yeah, I love chatting to peeps. So looking forward to this. So love chatting to you too. I'm going to jump right in and say, can you share the story behind your journey as a founder? How did you come up the idea? How did you come up with the idea for what you're doing right now? Oh, the idea for what I'm doing right now was a combination of things that I've always done. um, And then me just discovering coaching and kind of that was a missing piece that was there. So um, my dad is an entrepreneur. I grew up around a lot of entrepreneurs. So at some point I knew in my life, I would run a business. I just never knew what um, until my career sort of took a squiggly turn into the world of tech. Um, And what ended up happening was the most like beautiful, bittersweet thing in the sense that the high achiever in me, collided with the flexibility and all of the things that we now know are red flags about working in startups and tech um, to result in me having a panic attack coming out of Oldgate East Station. So going in for a regular day of work, panic attack. Um, I had had anxiety, like I knew I had anxiety for I'd probably say about seven years up until that point. So the actual panic attack was no surprise to me in terms of what was happening. But it was one of those moments where I just had to stop. I'd gone headfirst into burnout without realising it. I hadn't put any boundaries into place. I, as much as I would verbally say, well, I don't save lives. I'm just working in tech. But everything else was to the contrary. We had a building that was 24-7. So I'd get in at seven because I'm a morning person, right? This is all the stuff. And then also, if you work past seven, clock you get to expense your dinner and order deliveroo so then you you leave at around i'll leave at eight i'll leave at nine and then you realize you're just working around the clock and you leave the building even though you're coming in at seven o'clock next morning with your laptop just in case something comes up again i really was not saving lives but i'd gotten into this way of working which to be honest i didn't notice and nor did those one around me because i loved what i did and it was an empowered decision and it was like you know nobody's forcing me I just love what I do and I just want to get ahead of the week blah 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 so either way had that panic attack came into the office found my head of HR who was mental health first aid trained but she also had a father who had mental health struggles so I was just like this is a godsend I don't need to go through the nitty-gritty of what's happened I can just say panic attack I'm not well I'm gonna go home did that took a few days off um to finally learn to switch off came back in and I just said look I know you told everybody that I was ill in like a nondescript way so everyone was like giving me their like 
well wishes and greetings and though as like I had food poisoning or something like that. And I was like, no, no, no. I had a panic attack coming out of the station. Uh, I've had anxiety for years. Um, it was me. There's a lot of stuff like with my mental health that I just wasn't doing. I wasn't taking care of myself. Da, 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 da. And people started responding and going, oh my gosh, I'm on medication for depression. And I, somebody said, I have panic attacks all the time. Now, for anybody who's listening, who's had a panic attack, not only are they they're the worst feeling in the world. They're like so traumatizing. You feel so out of control, but after you feel so drained. And this person was like one of the top performers, like superstar person in the company, all the best clients doing all of the bits. And even in that moment, I was just like, how can you bounce from having a panic attack to then razzle dazzling over there? But also, I'm glad you're telling me, but also this shouldn't be normal. Like there was a bunch of of people where I had been honest, returning the honesty and me going, Houston, we have a problem. So went to the same head of HR or head of people and, and just said to her, like, we should do something. At that time, she had already started to bring in coaches into the workplace through a company called Sanctus. Um, so I was just like, I'd love to be like part of the team with that. I got mental health first aid trained. I asked for permission to spend two hours of every week just hosting coffee chats, just listening to people because where I'd been so open, they knew it would be an empathetic space. But naturally I was just like, oh, but this this is this is sensitive stuff, right? I wanna feel like I'm helping them. I don't wanna feel like they're just spilling their guts for an hour and then it's like, oh, I feel temporarily better and then we all go back to work type thing. So I found a coaching course and I said, look, this is, it can wrap around work. Will you pay for it and take it out of my salary? Because I don't have just grand sitting down there to do a course. Um, so they paid for me to do the course. I continue to do that time. I learned to coach. I was in coaching myself. So I was being coached through that program. That coaching program got oversubscribed because so many people took it up as a regular sort of thing. Um, and then in December of that year, I qualified as a coach, but also got made redundant. So it was one of those moments where training meant that I was working with people. You have to get practical experience. So went back to those people and said, hey, would you pay me? And a few of them said yes, and then began the journey. I started off as a life coach. Um, and then people just kept wanting to talk about career stuff. Um, and I actually did an experiment. It was like in November of, oh gosh, what was it? 2019, November of 2019, it could have been. Um, I just did a bunch of free coaching hours and realized that I want to coach people around their career goals. That's what's juicy for me. I was the person in university that got everybody their part-time jobs and their graduate jobs. Like they'd literally come to my room and book an appointment for a CV review. I did that with adults in my family. I have always <laughs> been a career nerd. So in many ways, it was me just combining what I've always done and always been with like an official skill, which is coaching. Um, and then, yeah, decided to shift into being a career coach. Um, and the rest is history. And here we are. <laughs> oh, my God. I loved that. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. I'm just going to sort out my light really quick. Cool. Because it's, like, killing me. So bear with. Um, You're in a rave by accident. It's, like, pissing me off. I bought a jar. Bloody expensive investment. Not going <laughs> to lie. We've got backups, babe. We've got backups. I love it. The backups mm. have to have backups. Backups. <laughs> Those for different area codes, bruvs. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you moved into coaching space. Mm-hmm. 
What were the biggest challenges you faced in building the business and how did you overcome them? And maybe we can talk about how anxiety and panic attacks played a part in you running your own business as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. Even so at the time of recording, this is May, um, and it's something I was reflecting on this morning. The biggest point for me was um, I was in this space where after being made redundant, I took a three-month contract. Contract went well, and this is in my day job. So caveat, I run. I have always run my business around a full-time role in tech. I love it. Don't ask me where. Um, but I did that three-month contract um, and then that came to an end and then I was looking for another job and that other job was like, you're great. We think you're wonderful. We can't have you start until June. Okay. And this was in beginning of April. So I was like, no problem. I've got a little baby coaching business and I can freelance and I can contract in like the tech side of stuff. And I did that and it was going well for about one or two weeks. Then I couldn't get out of bed. Oh. And it was, again, another scary space because I was like, I, it was almost to the point where I was wishing that I'd have a panic attack because that would be familiar. And I had a toolkit by then for things to do. This, my friends, was depression, right? I called up my GP. I'd moved to Essex and that played a huge part of it because I think if I was still in South London, I wouldn't have been able to be seen as quickly as I was and supported as quickly as I was. Um, but I, I literally did their little quiz thing, which you can do online, but did it in person as well, just to be doubly sure. And they were just like, it sounds like you've got anxiety and depression. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like it makes sense because I'd getting up and bathing, feeding myself, all of that stuff. And it was a challenge because what I now know now, like after therapy is that my trigger was money scarcity right? My trigger was worrying about money, even though I'd secured enough contract work to, to fill the gap and cover my bills. But for some reason, I was still worried about it, which meant that I was just in this perpetual state of my nervous system was just fried. I'm worrying. I'm anxious. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not eating well. And I can't get out of bed to do the work. And one of the things that my dad, entrepreneurial dad, has always said is, look, when you work for yourself, you don't show up to work. You don't get paid. Mm. Right. And there's there's the practical reality of that, but there is the reality of, oh my goodness, it's now been one week and I haven't done any work that I promised to deliver for this client or that I hoped to have invoiced for, right? You can't invoice for work that you haven't done. And so then that added onto it because it was like, how am I going to get all of these client projects done? Because I've now got trapped in bed for a week now or trapped in bed for two weeks now. And and it became really difficult because I was, I was hiding this from the client's um, and for the first part, up until the point of calling the GP, I was hiding it from my partner. So he was, we were getting up, he's going to work and I'm doing the doobie-doos and then he goes to work and I, I crawl back into bed and that's where I stay. Um, and it was so, so, so tough because for me, I, it made me question whether I could ever do the things that I wanted to do. I was meant to be happy. Like I was living my freelance best life while coaching and I was choosing my own deadline. You know, this is pre-pandemic. So like I was able to work from wherever I want and only work with um, nice people. And I was excited about the people that I was helping. They all ended up being female founders who I was just super happy to support. But I wasn't. I was unhappy. I was hiding. I was 
deeply depressed. And it wasn't until I started doing cognitive behavioural therapy that I started to see the light. And so that so was from too? about June. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> it's oh my that. gosh. It went from June until I remember doing the the sort of assessment quiz again in I think it was about August or September. And I remember the therapist going, so it looks like the depression's gone and we've got a low level of generalized anxiety disorder still there. And I was, ah, I felt free. Cause again, I was like, that anxiety stuff, girl, she's been there. Okay, we're fine. We know how to handle her, but depression needed to go. But I came out of it with the determination to prove to myself and anyone else that I wouldn't let my mental health be something that holds me back. I'd want it to be something that propels me. And in many senses, you know, over the years, it's been five years I've been running my business and doing it as a side hustle and people kind of go, don't you want to do it full time? And I think my answer, like I'm never one to say like, it will always be this way. But the greatest service that me running my business in the way that I do does is it removes the worry about money. So I can just focus up on, on showing up and delivering. And I have been able to grow in my money security and stuff like that, but it's my way of defending myself from that trigger so that I can create and go and do whatever I want to do. Um, and there's a space in it as well where there's that element of boundaries. There's that element of, I don't want to work with dickheads. <laughs> like I don't, There's so many little, little buttons that I refuse to push when it comes to being a founder, because I know it becomes a slippery slope to me not being able to do everything, anything. And that's the reality of it. Um, so that was a big wake up call for me, but it also gave me the passion to actually say, look, I am high performing. I am high achieving. I do have anxiety, but that's not going to hold me back. And even, you know, you and I have discussed this year, ADHD coming along for the ride. Right. Yeah. And at the time of recording, I'm like weeks away from like having an appointment to officially diagnose, but I'm one of those people where it's just like, look, if it serves me to understand myself through this lens, then it is what it is. Um, and it's so funny because as soon as I started to realize that, and it was my husband who asked, he was like, are you sure that you're not ADHD? And I was just like, well, a bunch of my friends have been diagnosed. And when we think about how we became friends, it, it's a bit ADHD nerdy. Um, but also like, and it's funny when I look back on it now, inside my wedding vows, I literally said to him, like I wrote this in my wedding vows that I submitted to the registrar and I said to people, I said, I promise to always let you answer my first question before asking you a second and a third. And for anybody who's listening, that is a total like ADHD, like my brain is elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm on step five while you're on step one and then you're just like, wait, 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 let me answer. And it's just like, what do you mean? Let me answer. Why haven't you answered already? What's going on? Um, But it's just little stuff like that. And it's helping me make meaning of myself. But it also then means that I am like, this is a new piece of information that then informs those buttons that I spoke about, right? So we've got the anxiety buttons, we've got the ADHD buttons, right? So even little stuff like having calls with clients and saying, you know, I'll follow up with you here, there and everywhere. You know, I'll get that to you later this afternoon. No, Jazz should not ever be saying that to anybody, right? I am currently working on being the person that gets it to you by the end of the week. Okay, because that then becomes a thing which is really like tough for me. Um, and I'm learning this about myself with an element of grace that wasn't there before 
understanding it through an ADHD lens or even through an anxiety lens and understanding how ADHD and anxiety dance together and why certain things in biz will just always be an ick for me and certain Mm. things will always like be like oh my gosh that's amazing why doesn't everybody live this way like this is cool um so yeah I love that I love that I'm I'm like written down so many little notes that I want to get back to I want to kind of oh my god circle back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the I'm just gonna hang on, I'm just gonna close my emails because they keep popping off in my ear okay I want to circle back to the don't get sick don't mm. you're, you're you run your own business don't get sick can't get sick why get mm. sick and for me personally who is someone who used to be always sick <laughs> like it really was hard to take a day off mm. because you know, as your dad says, if you don't show up, you don't get paid. Mm. But, and it took me a really long time to work around that because I really believed, I believed that was true and it was true and it was how I set my business up before. Mm. Like, to a point yeah. where if I was ill, I'd email a client and I would even suggest we take money off that day mm. because I wasn't able to fulfill something. Yeah. I wish I could go back and like shake myself. (laughs) So I've set my business up now to where I can get sick. And that has just been by minimum contracts with clients. Mm. Six month minimum one-to-one. Three month if they're really pushing back. But six month absolute minimum. I signed signed 12 month contracts with one-to-one clients, you know. Mm. And I set up my membership to have some kind of low income, low... uh, impact energy for me Mm. passive ish kind of income coming through because that's just what I needed to do and I love it it's my favorite part of my business but I think a lot of small business owners those who have chronic illnesses and those don't have the scare of like oh I can never be sick I always always Mm. on never off how what is your what are your feelings towards that now Oof, I, I've taken the same steps that you have, like in the mm. sense that I I held on to that belief for a long time. And then over time, I learned to take responsibility for the fact that it's exactly as you said, I built my business that way. It doesn't have to be that way. My dad is a carpenter. It is, it's a physical, if he's not on site, your kitchen's not getting done, babes. Mm. Like, so yes, that's true of his industry and his modality. And it's so interesting because my dad's always been a DJ as well. Um, and I had a had a chat with him a couple months ago. I basically like biz consultant career coached my dad around like his revenue goals for the year and how he his his process his repeatable process for the weddings that he books and whatever and and it was so interesting. Yeah, because I was talking to him, I was just like automate that, schedule that, and he was like what I don't and he's old school he's like we get on a call we get on a call I come and meet you we get on a call it's a different world and I think that's the thing for me the minute I began to lean into that permission the minute more things opened up um even in terms of the people and the examples that I seek out they are now for people who are I work for myself full-time but I don't work full-time hours those are the coaches that I'm attracted to because those are the conversations that I'm having with my peers. I'm having those conversations with you. I'm having those conversations with my other friends um, and f- getting myself in spaces that always remind me that I get to choose. 
one of the best things that I did for my coaching package. So I have two ways that people work with me, which is one-to-one coaching, which is long-term, several sessions. And then we have the community, which I've just launched. My community is a private podcast, monthly group coaching, monthly Q&A, and there's three courses that are coming that are gonna be self-paced. When it comes to me and my energy and my time, everything apart from the Q&A and the monthly coaching calls is pre-recorded, it's scheduled. I do that within my own time. I set the deadlines. I get to update it whenever I want. I get to put bonuses whenever I want. I get to be playful in that without it being something that is must do this every Tuesday. And I've had a membership like that before. I had a membership where I was showing up every single week and it was draining me. And I think a lot of this comes from a place of understanding that your time is not what people actually pay for. Your, I show up at the same time every week is not what people pay for. They pay for your insight and you have to make the decisions to protect and defend your insight. My insight's not there if I'm drained. My insight's not there if I feel like I'm checking a box um the things that we do I see coaching as creative I can't intuitively lean into all the stuff that you're not saying if I'm just thinking oh crap I've put myself I've got eight coaching clients today and then I've got hop off this corner I've got na 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 I have to give myself space and trust and believe that that is actually the best decision to serve the people that I want to serve even if they don't understand it so going back to what you said about look if they push okay three months but six month minimum my coaching packages used to be we have a session every two weeks and it's usually the same time and same day. I was like, nah, I sat down with um, who I would describe as like an OG black executive coach. Like we went on a mastermind weekend and she was just like, why? Why did you choose to do that? And I was like, cause that's what they told you to do when you qualify, like every two weeks. Da, 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 da. And she was just like, do your clients need that? And I was like, no, not really. She was just like, can you just trust them to schedule whenever they want to talk to you? And I was like, yeah, she was like, You do realise if you do that, you can go on holiday whenever you want. Everybody can live a flexible, genuine life. Um, And especially because at that time, which is still the case now, I work with high performers, high achievers. There are times where they need me more. And there are times where they're like, I'm taking a break from all learning and I'm having family time. And they don't have to feel like I'm another person that they have to email to go, oh, so sorry, I can't make our regular da 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 da. It's not that. And it also means that when they come to the space, they show up more intentionally because they're like, I have hoarded all of these topics and these thoughts for you. Um, and my clients email me between sessions as well. Even that was a boundary decision. There are coaches that do Voxer, Voxer does my head in. Understanding the age. Oh my god. It's too much. Like I've been in like a group Voxer chat that I paid for. And I've just been like, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and it's too much. You know, and then even again, then when I uh, interpret Voxer and like Voxer coaching through my ADHD brain, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's it's overwhelming. Um, some coaches do WhatsApp, you can WhatsApp me anytime. Hells to the nah. You can email me. I will respond within a 48 hour window, okay, from your email. So I do have some discipline on there. Anyone who's listening isn't just like butterfly, I'll get back to you when I want to, but it's led by them. If you need me, you know where I'm at. If you're ready for a session, you know where I'm at. If you wanna have a session next week to follow up on what's going on in the other side of whatever we discuss, then go for it. And that's been so freeing for me, but also it's opened up my capacity it's opened up my ability to take on exciting things because everything just leads from my calendar. 
Um, and I think the other thing, going back to the people that I surround myself with, so I surround myself with business owners who get it for whatever reason, right? It's not just folks who have families that desire flexibility in their business. Sometimes it is for health. Sometimes it is because we want to actually live a full and well-rounded life. Sometimes it is because like me, I have a full-time job and I like having a full-time job. Um, but I, there's a coach that I work with and, she did a launch, which was like thousands and thousands of pounds. She's American, you know, so they're like six figure launch. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and she was just like, I was sick in bed. And she talks about it openly. She had to get one of her clients to lead her sales webinar. She was that sick. They were like, I need someone to step in. The materials are there. I physically, like, I'm on doctor bed rest. Another coach that I've worked with was like, I launched while I was depressed. And I was like, you're showing me what's possible. Yeah. Because yeah. that, go back five years when I started, I didn't think that that was possible. I thought the success of my business was predicated on me showing up, showing up, showing up. And also never daring to speak about my anxiety, never daring to speak about depression or ADHD. And I think it's something, even when I go back to that moment where I was contracting, I remember going back to one of the clients and saying, this is the real reason why I wasn't able to complete the work. Because I was so stuck in shame about what I was going through, I kind of cut it off in a nondescript way. I said, here's what I've done, everything else I'll do, blah, blah, blah. Here's the, here's the discount for your inconvenience. Blah, blah, blah. And I finally circled back and, and spoke with her and she was just like, I wish you had told me. Because I would have told you none of the tasks you were doing were urgent. And if you needed more time, you could have it. I've been where you are, I get it. And I wouldn't want you to think that you had to go without an income just because you couldn't do it in the times that you set when you were well and at your your best, right? And there was just so much empathy in that, that again, reminds me why it's so important for folks like us to get into entrepreneurship, to create more spaces of empathy and to, just be real, just allow ourselves to be human and unpick all the ways that we treat ourselves like machines when we set up businesses. Cause that's, that's what I've done. That's what I've done. I copy and pasted the rule book and then wondered why it wasn't working for me. Um, so yeah, I'm super passionate about like building it around you and removing the shame from it because there's nothing to be ashamed of. Matt, there is nothing to be ashamed of. I think I want to touch on when you said scared to tell your story, scared to tell clients mm. you had anxiety. I know for, for me personally, years ago, when I was I was really sick and I kind of was a few months into talking about my business online and I'd, I'd had a couple clients and I was just like, I just talk about, I want to, I feel like I'm lying because a huge part mm. of me is sick and I can't show up. Like I'm showing up but I am sick and it's it's just my life right now. And I was like, I want to talk about it, but I'm so scared no one's going to hire me. And mm -hmm. there's still a part of me that is scared. So if I talk about how things really go, I want to talk to you about another thing of failing, a launch failure as well. <laughs> Do you talk about that? It kind of felt the same. It felt like if I'd spoken about, it had the same weight as if, if I was outing all my failed launches, all the times clients mm. didn't show up for me, all the times I got a no, it felt like if I tell people that I'm shitting blood 40 times a day, then no one's gonna mm. wanna work with me and they're gonna make, it's gonna feel like a failure. And so I put up a story on my Instagram. I said, hey, give me your honest opinion. Do you think 
would you take me any less seriously if I started talking about my chronic illness and how I show up in business with one? Mm. You know, on Instagram, it was like the AB poll. You could have like yeah. a yes or a no. Yeah. 50-50 split. Wow. 50-50 split. And so after that, I was like shook. I was shooketh. Because that like... that's a non-answer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> I asked you yeah, for a definitive. People be people. But I was like, mm. okay, cool. I'm just going to start talking about it. I'm going to lean into the, the positive 50%. And I did, I started losing a lot of people and I started gaining a lot of the right people. Mm. Like yesterday was my STEM anniversary. Thank you for supporting Woo-hoo. me on that. <laughs> and I, I threw my phone across the room after I did that post because I was like, oh, I'm going to lose so many people. Mm. People are going to stop writing. Vulnerability hangover. <laughs> hangover. <laughs> Um, but I got nothing but love and I did lose quite a few people, but I also gained quite a few people. So mm. it's the balance of who do you want to surround yourself with? Who do you want to be in your life? And I, and I think you agree, we only want people that are accepting of us, warts and all. Mm-hmm. 100%. If you want the perfect shiny, shiny coach, go for it. Go like, for go it. For there it. are so many of them. There like, are so there many. are so many. I might point you in the direction of some, but in the same way that I might not show up on social media in the same way I might show up and say, hey, folks, life is lifing. Yeah. That's the same conversation I'm having with my clients. So I don't want to bamboozle you into thinking that I have my stuff. I'm not even going to use the phrase my stuff together because, again, we're talking about things that are for all intents and purposes, kind of beyond our control, right? Mm. Don't ever think that if someone has a chronic illness or a mental disability or mental, um, like, illness, that we're not taking the advice, we're not taking care of ourselves and all of mm. those things. Um, but there is that element of what you see is what you get. So for me, I'm, I'm going to make sure that you see me. So that when you hire me, you get me. Because I think also it's a sacred bond in terms of as a coach. I remember coaching somebody through restructure earlier this year, one-to-one client. Um, And we got to the end of the session and I said to her, I'm going through the exact same thing at the moment in my career, right? And old me would have been like, no, you know, you're meant to keep the coaching place clean. It's not about you, da 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 and she just lit up and she was just like, how are you navigating it? Da, da, da. Now, my coaching space is a space of pure coaching, but towards the end of the session, I'm happy to show up as a mentor. I'm happy to provide resources, share insight, framework, tools, etc. cetera. Um, and we just had a candid conversation where I was able to share with her some insight or some recommended reflections and she knew where it was coming from. And she didn't feel like I was just something that she's just talking into and that I didn't have my own experience. And that automatically added value. I had a similar conversation with a client who was like, how did you get your business off the ground? And I said, this space is for you at the end of the session. We'll definitely have time to go into that because they chose me for my journey. It's not just the skill, right? You aren't just like content, social media, marketing, like these boring like tags that you want to use. You're a social media BFF for a reason because we're going to be real here and create a space where you can say, like I have said before, I don't like Instagram. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like this. This gives me the ick. This, da, da, da. Because that's what you do with your BFF, right? That's why I'm in 
your membership. That's why I'm in your content club versus someone else who goes, this is it. But it's just like, I could, there are other people I know who do similar things and they've got similar containers. But for me, I'm just like, it's the, it's the source. It's actually the source. Like think about, I eat meat, I have a chicken wing. If I was to give you a dry chicken wing today, you'd be like, eh. But when we, us wing eaters, it's the sauce. Is it buffalo? Is it barbecue? Is it honey barbecue? Is it spicy? Is it jerk? Like it's the sauce. That's what we actually go for. And the sauce is our reality. And sometimes the sauce is a bit too hot. Sometimes it's like, I've never seen a picture of a stoma. Like a stoma bag. Like I didn't know yeah, what was going on there, right? I got her out of, she was living, she, my organ, my organ <laughs> was on show. <laughs> my organ was out there for the masses but it's literally that right we're not going to pretend that it's comfortable we're not going to pretend that like everybody knows how to respond to it like I just binged watched the latest season of Bridgerton and there's this moment twice it happens twice where Queen Charlotte goes sorrows prayers and I was just like yeah we take for granted that everybody knows what to say in a moment of grief or awkwardness and we don't and that's okay. Because where would you have gotten the practice to know what to say to someone who goes, by the way, I have ADHD. Or like, I've got friends who are dyslexic, love their email signatures. They're like, don't think because there's an error. I think you are one of them. You are you. And then also my ops lead, she's got a similar signature as well, which is like, and again, I, I know the sassy version because I've got lots of friends who are dyslexic where it's just like, I don't need you to slide in my DMs to tell me that I spelled something wrong. Go about your day, sir. Go about your day, ma'am. But it's like, don't think that there was any less care in this. Do you know what I mean? And I think we need need more of that in the same way we've got people who, I know people who've got out of offices where they're like, for my conscious choice of my work balance, I don't work Fridays. Or for my conscious choice, I check my emails at 2 p.m. every day. Understand you'll receive a response within 72 hours, but I'm checking it once. So don't chase like (laughs) you're you're here I got you chill out but for me this is what works for me this is who I am this is how I choose to show up if you're with it you're with it if you're not you're not but tell you that up front (laughs) (laughs) just like ah meeting I want a lot of people in the side the content club a lot of people in my community especially have got a chronic illness are suffering mental mm. health and also running in their own business and a lot of them they'll be attracted to me because they're doing the same thing as me they're not talking about their health and I'm like I'm not I'm not telling you what to do I want you to yeah. guys always to feel comfortable in what you do but all I can say personally is that opening up about my shit has grown my business to a place I didn't ever think mm. I thought I'd be partly due to the incredible surgery I had in October but Mm. I I documented the whole thing like and I've never received I I, my business has grown so much because I'm talking about what's really going on and I think Mm. especially on Instagram everything's still so shiny and people all all like pretend not shiny have you seen that recently like People are copying on to how, like, Instagram, you don't want it to be perfect, so they're making, like, fake unperfect. Authentic, yeah. It's just like, oh, like, you have time. Real. <laughs> are you being real? This is why I... me and Instagram, like, we be friends sometimes, but we not really, but we, we are, but no. 
I can't. So I want, let's talk about content. This is the Content Club podcast. What's, what's your ick with Instagram? Talk to me. Um, it feels like a performance. Mm. And not even for the people that are on Instagram. I feel like I'm performing for Instagram Corporation. <laughs> yeah I, I, I like that's that's how it feels and I think for me where I want to for me I'm motivated by tr- like connection I'm driven by connection like my entire life story is can be articulated through a story of connection so anything that gets in the way of that or gets like feels like faff is like ugh, why do I have to do this like that um and I think that's what it was. It was just like, okay, create the perfect symmetrical grid, then break the grid, then like pin this post. And then it's like, oh, you need to get 10,000 followers to do a swipe up. Oh, now we're giving everybody links. There's one link in bio. Oh, now there's four links in bio. There's, you're playing games with my life. Like I, I, what? I'm dizzy. And there's yeah. points where I'm just like, okay, there's certain things. Okay, having four links in the bio, that's handy because I'm a multifaceted babes and there's there's several things that you can plug into at any given time. But it's like, you have to play to whatever is the favorite of the moment. And for me, I question whether that is worth it to get to the people that I want to get to mm. and whether it even gets to them in the first place, right? With all of these tweaks, it's like engagement goes down, reach goes down. Um, so... Yeah, for me, Instagram's kind of like there. But my primary focus has really, really shifted into email, LinkedIn. Yeah. Like, see, yeah. The way you feel about Instagram, not all the way, but I feel like that with LinkedIn, I feel like I have to perform for LinkedIn. Yeah. Where on Instagram, the it's my playground. And it's built my whole business. So I, I agree with you on email. Mm. Email is a huge component of my business. Email gets a quicker sale. LinkedIn, sorry, email gets a quicker sale. Instagram is a slow burner. If they, then they start to put email address and then they convert. Or I've even converted mm. people to Instagram. I found Instagram personally is a place where I connect with people. And I build those real relationships. It can burn me out. And it's yeah. a bit annoying all the features. But if I'm thinking with my business hat on, that's been the place for me, Instagram, email, Instagram, email, and now podcast feels like in sync, where when I'm, I I, I want to be a LinkedIn babe, and I was speaking about this with, um, with Fab from Alt Market School yesterday, Yeah. but I just feel like, and it's probably the corner that I've put myself in, even though I don't follow Stephen, mm. everything gives me Stephen <laughs> vibes, every post. <laughs> Every, no, like, I love your content on there. Bolts, I'm a we big know fan who's of Steven. you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows you at Stephen. No beef, no shade. But like, I feel like he has shares in LinkedIn or something because everyone yeah. is trying to be a little Stephen, and it gives me the that gives me the ick. I don't want that gives Stephen, you the ick. But when I'm there, I'm like, how can I be more like Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, what you've said is so powerful. So I'm gonna use the most abstract analogy. I yes. think. LinkedIn is an Android phone, right? I'm an Android user, Google Pixel. And Instagram is an iPhone. Mm. And I think that emailing is like an oven or washing machine, right? It's necessary for all of us. We can wax lyrical about that later. But the way that you described Instagram as your playground, that's how I feel about LinkedIn. But I met LinkedIn before I met Instagram. So if you give me your iPhone, 
<laughs> anybody who's done, regardless of what side you're on, right? Everybody think back to a moment where you're trying to give your phone number to somebody or your email address to somebody who uses the other device. It is like, take this thing away from me. Why is the button over there? I, d I don't even, am I even typing? I've forgotten how to type because this device is so weird. Like for me, I was like, how do you exit things? What's going on? completely different experience. And then it puts you through that mindset of, I need to speak another language to play over here. That's long. So I'm gonna oh. go over there. And I feel the same, the same way you feel about my content on LinkedIn is how I feel about your content on Instagram. I'm like, it feels like you're having fun. It feels like I'm yeah. in your play. I'm in your theme park when I'm engaging with your Instagram content, right? Yeah. Um, and that comes through. And I think maybe I share that analogy to say that, it's okay to have a fave and it's okay to have one where it's just like, yeah, like I repurpose stuff from a LinkedIn post to Instagram. Whereas I know there's people who are like, LinkedIn gives me an ick, I'll repurpose stuff from Instagram to there. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is that it's about whichever way is fun. Any way that I choose to do it can work um, yeah. because it's more about doing it. And you could choose not to be, I know people that are social media, like non-social media, zero yeah, social same. media. Same. Whatsoever. So even though like there's lots of us, even as we speak right now, I can hear it in the universe. It's probably like a ridiculous stat, like, you know, 10 times every millisecond, somebody is in angst over which social media platform or whether they can do them all or whether they can do them any. Like I literally later on today with what co-working, I will be picking your brains a la TikTok because when somebody explained to me, A, the results that they got on TikTok and B, the fact that the things that I could do on TikTok are the kind of only things that I enjoy about Instagram anymore. Um, I was like, okay, let's give this thing a go. Am I gonna have drama about it? No, am I gonna try and have fun with it? Hells to the yes, because that's what comes through and that's kind of what converts and calls in your right people. Like people know if you don't wanna be somewhere. Yeah. Like people know that. And I, you know, we're in the day and age of the fake authentic and there's templates and there's trends and there's all of that. And I get it. And I think this is like, this is gonna be my only sprinkle that I'm gonna give to like the AI situation. It still needs to be you at the core. You can 100%. pull it through any algorithm that you want. You can tell Canva to put together the picture for you. You could tell whatever tool that you're using to write your caption, but it still needs to be you at the core because if it mm. works and I book that call with you, if it works and I join your container, that's who I came to see. It's like if you see a trailer for a film and you go and watch the film and you're just like, is this even the same film? I thought it was Captain America. Mm -hmm. This is giving me Wonder Woman vibes. What the hell? Still needs to be you. So whatever one you can show up as you is the yeah. one that you should do. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Just because <laughs> it's shiny, just because six-figure coach got six figures on that platform doesn't mean you can't go and get your bag on the place that you feel at home mm -hmm. I really yeah. want to love LinkedIn though I even did a post the other day and I was like but help me love LinkedIn someone I've bought I've paid for a power LinkedIn power hour I've invested in a course like a yeah and it, do you know what it's always just down to be yourself that's what I get yeah. <laughs> Hey, people, just to tell me to myself. Yeah. All right, thanks. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, No, it's interesting. Cool. It's properly interesting. Yesterday I went to an event and it was hosted at LinkedIn offices and they gave like LinkedIn 
boost your profile sessions and I was just like oh, yeah. I'd love to do one of these full caveat I'm a career coach so I may be a bit nerdy and basically make you work in this session and they were explaining different things about how it works or how profiles are searchable and stuff like that and it's the same sort of thing who's the dude who's the Instagram dude he like verbally gives the updates why do I want to say mo or something like that oh <laughs> it's not the dude mo. What's his name? He's like the head of products or the head of something. He is. Um, I know exactly. Mosery. That's it. Man like yeah. Mosery. Man like Mosery. It was like that where I was like, this yeah. is how I feel when he talks to me. Or I'm like, yeah. I get where you're going. It's cool. I don't think I can go with you. Whereas with LinkedIn, I'm like, hells yeah. So yeah, let's do that. Let me double down on this strategy and let me just do that. And again, that's why my analogy is... Android iPhone washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. I just want to be good on LinkedIn. Like, I really do at my <laughs> core. I want to be there. <laughs> but, listen, I'm not in the business of fixing things that aren't broken. And they aren't. Instagram oh, my goodness. And my email list. Doing bits. What good. Doing bits. What good. Yeah. We don't need to add anything to the list. Um, I've got one last question for you, and then I want to go get Nate. He's just walked in, and I know he'd really love to see you. Yay! <laughs> Boundaries. We spoke about mm. the out of office. We spoke about the automated email. We spoke about no Voxer. Is there anything else when it comes to boundaries that you put into play with running your business and protecting your energy? So I'm using... Oh, I said I wouldn't talk about AI, but... No, I was going to ask you about AI, then I crossed it out. Because I was like, you've got a little robot army. I want to I've got a robot army. Okay, I'll, I'll, I will give you folk the robot army because it is so chronic illness, neurodivergent friendly. <laughs> so um, the first thing that I've got is a tool called Reclaim. And what that does is it reads my project management tool, which is ClickUp, um, and it schedules things. So as long as I put in on each task, a start date, an end date and an estimated duration, it will schedule it. Now, for those of you who think you can sit down for six hours to write a course, it will not do that to me. If I tell it, I think writing a course will take me six hours. It will chop it. It will give me an hour tomorrow. It give me an hour on Wednesday and two hours on Friday right and it will do this forever reading my different priorities and scheduling it in so I wake up and I look at my calendar and I do what's on the calendar because it's still me more of the story with any AI I still have to tell it when I want it done by when I want to do it by and how long I think it will take but it takes a lot of the stress out of it but one of the other things that it does is I'm going out for an interview later on this afternoon that's in my calendar because it has a physical address it will chuck in an hour each time travel time automatically this call that we have in the calendar i put it in the calendar i've set it to give me 15 minutes of decompress time it's literally called decompress after every online meeting so because i live my life with scheduling links all over the gaff i feel safe living that way 
because also it will kind of limit the amount of stuff or meetings that I have in any given time. If I'm studying for something and I want to do an hour of study every week or every day, I can set that and it will auto schedule it at a time that works. Exercise, any other habits that you've got can put in. So that's been really, really helpful for me. And then I've been pairing that with um, just Pomodoro technique which is like where you spend 25 minutes on a task you take a break 25 minutes on another task and it really helps you to single task I am one of those people it's very easy to have multiple tabs open then I get overwhelmed I do nothing so I've joined this thing called flow club I've actually recently signed up as a host of their sessions they are co-working sessions they are 24 7 because it's global um, there are people in there doing flow sessions saying in a pomodoro I'm going to do laundry I'm going to feed my kids um, I'm going to hug my partner, I'm going to finish an assignment, I'm going to submit an invoice, I'm going to write my next chapter for my book. Like there's a wealth of people just doing lots of different things, but we all gather together, we check in at those break points, how is it going, how's it not going, and it's authentic, it's like I got distracted, I can't lie, I didn't do the thing that I said. Mm-mm. And we can celebrate each other and you can schedule it at any time. So there's times where when I was kind of going through the restructure at work earlier in the year, I was struggling to sleep, um, which meant that I'd pop up at like three o'clock or four o'clock and not be able to go back to bed. Rest assured, I did nap later in that day, so I got my eight hours, but it meant I was like, okay, now where I have flow, if that happens, I kind of hop on one of the like US, California time flow sessions and get stuff done with other people. Um, So that's one thing that's been really, really nice, especially if you, are a solopreneur, you work for all intents and purposes alone, it's quite nice to have that space. Um, And it's not accountability, it's just literally like um, body doubling, having some company, having some social interaction. You can, sometimes they play playlists, like lo-fi stuff is usually what's been played. Or the other day I joined one, which was the Succession soundtrack. I was like, hells yeah. Like you can choose all of this stuff, it's got personality. So that's really been helping. Um, and I'd probably say those are the two things. It's like scheduling and stuff like that. And I will, I don't try and do all things at once. Like recording my podcast, I try and do that two days out of the month because I love talking mm. to people. But if I talk to three people in a day, the third person is not getting the best version of me. And it's the same so with coaching great. clients. Yeah. So th- there's limits in that to say no more than X sessions per week or no more than X sessions per day. So that was through trial and error, but it's literally trial it, error it then make a rule <laughs> it's literally oh my God, it. i love that i love that mm-hmm. ah! okay you have dropped so much wisdom today and i really enjoyed our chat i always love so did you. i oh so much fun just for the listeners me and jazz are real friends not just we are in friends. real life okay. homies homies um jazz this is your time shout out sell yourself Say it with your chest. What you got on? Say it with my chest. What got going on? Oh, babes. Biggest thing that's happening right now is the Vault community. I've been a coach for five years. I've helped people start their businesses. I've helped people move jobs, change jobs, leave jobs. (laughs) Jobs are always fun. Um, So I'm putting all of that into the community. I think it's about time for people to have a room where they can be unapologetically ambitious. See that shame stuff that I was talking about around our mental health or chronic illness? There's a lot of shame that still comes with saying... I want this, I want to earn that, I want to live here, I want to have this kind of lifestyle or I want to have this job title. There's still that 
group of people that just their eyes glaze over and I want to create a room where people's eyes don't glaze over they actually brighten up and they go oh my gosh hell yeah like I have a similar goal could we be accountability buddies and like we're just allowed to be ambitious nerds together but also I'm able to pour in reflections both from my own career um clients that I've coached um and again there's three programs that are coming in there one on business which is called four creators uh one which is called future proof which is on career change so whether that means like new job new role new industry new you um and another one which is called rewritten which is about overcoming burnout and overwhelm and rewriting your way of being in your career so i'm just excited to pour everything in there um and that's open now uh monthly membership people stay for as long as you want like you're in charge of your life. Um, and then separate to that, one-to-one coaching, always got spaces for one-to-one folks who want that longer term support around that big hairy goal. Um, and to just have me in their corner quite literally. Um, so yeah, those are the two things that you can check out. Incredible. And where can people find these things? You can find all these things at just jazz. So J-U-S-T-J-A-Z dot co. Um, and you can connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I am on both, despite how I feel, yeah. I am on both, but um, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or if you go to justjazz.co forward slash join, you can hop on my mailing list to get the weekly memo for ambitious careers and communities where you'll find out all of it. Cute. To keep this podcast really real, I'm gonna go grab Nate because I know he'll Yay. be saying hi and I wanna keep it in, but I'll, I'll mute all of the pausing. Hello. I love the fact that she was just like, we're doing a podcast, you're going to be on it. It's just like, cool, this is what I signed up for. She's my bae, is what she said. Come now as well, you know. Loving the Boondocks hoodie. Is that Boondocks? Yeah, Boondocks Black Panther. Oh, I like this. This is solid. This is solid. How you been? I think I got it. I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? Mrs. I'm good. Married and all that. Yeah, yeah. Living la vida. Literally came back from Vietnam on Sunday. So I'm oh, just amazing. like, what is this weather? But it was amazing. Yes. And the wedding ritual yeah, was complete. Today was not bad. Today yeah. Today is clapped. <laughs> today, today is, like yesterday, I had to take off my jacket because I was like, oh, it is as warm as people... I'm making it sound. Yeah, I did see yeah, some yeah. people get excited, but that's that's London for you. It's just like okay, yeah, a little bit of sunshine and the battery rider's sun come out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like nah, 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 nah. Ah, so good to see. So yeah, I'm, what are you up to today? What, what, uh, I'm I'm just kind of getting ready. I go on tour on yeah, Sunday, isn't it? I'm gonna keep you too long. So I am. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of what's it called? I'm going shopping in a minute just to get a couple of bits of like shorts because we're going like Asia and it's really hot. It is. You want to try and get, yeah, it's like clap, it's like heat. heat yeah. So. What part of Asia are you going? Uh, Singapore, Taipei, and Korea. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be on fire. 
Vietnam was 44 degrees yeah. while we were there. So they've got similar weather systems. So it's not 30s. Yeah. It's 40s. Yeah, I need to get shorts and t-shirts that I can also wear on stage. Yeah. So you're just in shock. Oh. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Meave. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to Nate Jazz. That's good. Uh, <laughs> the content club. Yeah. Exactly. So, what was the conversation? Well, I only brought you to say hi quickly, but you talk about business. Well, okay, what business? What's today's business conversation about? <laughs> how, can, how can I help the kids? How can I help how can I help the children? How, how do you balance mental health? No, you now. Well, no, that, no that's the question. I'm just oh, saying the question. Okay. Um, it's a lot of fueling myself with things that keep me happy. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm a big old adult, but I still need my cartoons and, like, fiction and superhero stuff and all of that to kind of keep me mellowed otherwise life is obviously very difficult um music as well is is like good I don't always get to do it for my own self obviously I, even yeah. though I work in the industry and I do music like every single day sometimes just sitting on guitar and playing and just yeah that or you know going for walks and just being away from distractions and other things and just kind of being alone with my thoughts or if I can't be alone with my thoughts then put like a me music or a podcast or something on much like this one um <laughs> to to kind of help just calm the noise in my head down mm. until it kind of simmers down and then I can just be like okay how am I feeling what's going on um but I, you know I do my best to always try and um figure out why I'm feeling a certain kind of way or what's what the actual root issue of something is. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. otherwise you just go through life not actually doing any healing because you, you don't actually know where to start healing from. That makes mm -hmm. sense. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot of, you know, because me and you have talked for like, a couple of years now and you know where I yeah. started this journey of being super lost and I'm not necessarily all the way in yet but like I'm at the point now where I'm about to properly start the journey for me but it's mm. it has taken these two years to kind of fully find myself in this and understand who I am and that takes the actual time of working on yourself in it so yeah Oh, 100%. I think the moment I started seeing feelings as information, then I was less afraid of them, even the uncomfortable ones. Mm -hmm. um, and then just starting that journey of asking the question of where, where did this come from? Or even like, when did I start feeling this way? And what shifted in life 100%. at that same time? And just trying to figure, just figure that out. Because I think one thing that I think about as much as it's so exciting that you're going on this tour, Asia is busy, like it's buzzy. Like I know we're used to London, but Asia just has a different situation. So it's like, I just had this visual cause like I'm going to a cartoon vibe and we spoke about your hoodie um, of you just like walking through and like having the peace of having noise canceling headphones, but not having noise canceling headphones. Like that's yeah. the vibe. 
You're in your so world. I, I tell I tell you something on that. So, <laughs> for can you pass the molds? Yes. You just be out of shot after you do that. <laughs> can so you crawl on the floor? We're gonna get a new runner. Don't worry, we're gonna hire a new runner for the podcast. This one, this one. Oh, work uh, ethic. <laughs> I know. So the, these are basically my inner monitor molds. So I went yeah. to a place in Central and they like put a bit of cotton in. They scan, like they check your air, make sure everything's in, and then they just fill it with this like clay putty. Yeah. And it, what it does, it takes an impression of your ears. But yeah. it's they like. Do one, it's like, okay, you're probably not going to be able to hear anything when I do the second one. That was probably the most peaceful moment in time I think I've ever experienced. Because it's like going underwater, but like going really, really deep Really deep. Whoa. Like, there's literally no noise and it's just so peaceful. So, like, it's, you also have to, on a point, you have to be able to block out what's going on around Mm. you sometimes. To actually yeah. do these pieces of work that we're talking about, and you know, when I go, when I do go to Asia, I've already said because I know that the, the artist is going to want to go out and they they mm. go go outers, and I said yeah. to the management, I'm, <laughs> I'll come out for a dinner a couple yeah. of times during this period, but I I've got to be in my hotel doing what I need to do because otherwise yeah. I won't be able yeah. to show up to the show and do what I do. Do you know what I mean? And deliver. Yeah, you have to restore. I need to go and do the thing. Yeah. 100% and especially because we're traveling a lot it's like six yeah. different shows across four different countries in two weeks Oof. and it's not like going Europe and you're like oh yeah it's different countries but like it's a couple hours drive do you know what I mean it's yeah like, no no we're no we're doing 13 hour flights pretty much yeah jeez oh well sounds like you've got your formula for just maintaining balance throughout that yeah, and you know, it, it, it you, you tweak it because as life presents you new challenges, you have to find new ways of combating those things. And a lot of the time it is just the same, like, it will be the same thing. But like, even with mm. for me watching cartoons, there's periods when I have to watch something new. Mm. So I feel inspired. And there's periods when I'm mm. kind of like, when I need to rest, where I will put something on that I've seen before. Yeah. So my brain isn't. It's that focused, comfort. But it, there's yeah. Familiar. Familiarity, and it's just finding those yeah those periods. Yeah. yeah. I'm pass you on to my uh, cool. co-host. <laughs> and it... You can come back in shot. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna. She's just gonna do the credits for me whilst I go. I love it. <laughs> Delegation. Um, it was it's important. To speak to you and see. You. Yeah, you too. Enjoy your time out there. Get what you need. See all the beauty of it and like just have a blast. No, I will do. Yeah. Alright. Cool. This See you later. Night. The time where it cuts and then Jess will be here, but we <laughs> don't have that budget yet. Season two. <laughs> <laughs> need that Netflix money. <laughs> yeah, defo. Netflix, sign us. <laughs> That was a real takeover, you know? That, that was. was. 100%. You came in. Okay, I'm conscious. You guys got a bonus. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> right? Right? A little sneaky bonus episode featuring Nate Notes. Jazz. <laughs> JustJazz.co. Find yeah. her. I'm going to sign up for the vault. I'm in. I'm sold. Yay. I'm excited. Oh, this is amazing. Um, 
I'm excited to get involved. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you, everyone, yeah. for listening to the Content Club podcast. We'll see you when we see you. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Content Club podcast. If you want to find out more about the Content Club, just head to thecontentclub.co slash join and you can learn all about what we're doing. Or you can find me over at jessica.sophia.bruno. That's on Instagram at jessica.sophia.bruno where you can connect with me and let me know you've listened. All right, guys, I'll speak to you later. Bye.